Hello, and welcome to the mini-series of our podcast, The Financial Prescription. And today, it's actually called The Microdose. <laughs> so this mini-series is a follow-up on segments from our main series that we brush by. We elaborate on certain concepts or ideas to give you a better picture of what we're talking about to keep you better informed, in the loop, and on pace with our learning journey. So let's get on with the show and get ready for The Microdose. And welcome to the first episode of The Microdose. So for today's minisode, myself, Stephen Yo, and our special guest, Melissa Eldridge, will be talking about different things you can do in your everyday life to reduce your expenses and further improve your spending habits. But uh, before we do begin, I suppose a proper introduction is needed. Uh, so Melissa, the floor is yours. Thanks, Steph. Personally, I'm a mother to two beautiful girls and wife to my amazing husband of over seven years. And professionally, I am the associate advisor here at Clear Wealth Advisors. I have been in the financial industry for over 10 years, beginning as a teller and working my way into a relationship manager position, looking after a book of clients and their investment and lending needs. I saw a need for financial advice and knew that I wanted to become an independent financial planner. I pride myself in being able to offer our clients both building your wealth and protecting your wealth strategies, which I'm sure we'll touch on some of those in another episode down the road. I'm sure we will. And for you listeners, just one thing of note about Melissa, um, I guess kind of my first impression of her when she started working or when I started working at Clear Wealth, and that's kind of stuck with me to this day, is she's very strict with budgeting. <laughs> to, <laughs> to this is true. <laughs> to elaborate, one of the first things I learned about her was that she likes to distribute her paychecks into separate separate envelopes and to ensure she doesn't really overspend in one category versus the next. So like, for example, her paycheck gets distributed into five categories and that's that's it for, for groceries, let's just say for one month. And I, I don't think they're physical envelopes, but you never know of these things. <laughs> it's true. Back in the day, they would be individual envelopes. But nowadays, the institutions allow us to have separate uh, checking and savings accounts. So it's easy to transfer money. And there you have it. <laughs> She's our expert for today's episode on budgeting. So just to kind of jump into it, Melissa, what what is budgeting? Well, budgeting is simply balancing your expenses with your income. It puts a plan in place for what to do when you're when you receive your income. And it gives you control and power over your finances. That's all budgeting really is. Oh, sun in the palm of my hand. All right. So kind of kind of give us, you know, me and the, the listeners here kind of a, a, a run through as to what you would need to do to kind of get started with your budget. For sure. There are some steps you would want to take. Uh, you want to begin by laying out all sources of, of your income. So salary, bonus, commission. If you have any rental income, you want to lay it all out. Then calculate any of your mandatory or non-discretionary expenses. So these are the bills that you must pay each month or that you have annually, and then subtract these from your income. You also want to identify any debt repayments. So mortgage, credit cards, lines of credit, any personal loans, such as like a car loan, and subtract these from your income as well. 
The amount that's left over is what you have available to spend on your discretionary spending. So that is such as uh, groceries, your subscriptions, gifts, entertainment, and whatnot. And your savings will be built into there as well. Okay. You know, just uh, just looking at my finances, I feel like I'm I'm working off of pennies here. <laughs> <laughs> Save every penny. Hello, I like money. Uh, so I know that for the uh, main episode, we talked about the 50-30-20 rule. Uh, is there anything else, some, something similar that you would recommend using as well? Yeah, this is where we implement the 70-30 rule. So this states you should save 30% of your income, which leaves 70% for spending. This will allow you to build enough savings for retirement to continue the same standard of living throughout your entire life. Hmm. I feel like this one's a little bit more manageable, I guess. What you want to keep in mind is that you want to give every dollar a job. Hmm. Okay. I can kind of see that. So I guess some of my dollars go towards groceries, some towards entertainment, gas, gifts, savings, etc. Yeah. And that's the that's a, a benefit of the having a budget is that it's flexible. So you can adjust it each month, uh, review your spending and your goals, and then feel free to adjust your discretionary spending. Uh, so having a flexible budget will allow you to feel more in control and adjust as you go. So now that we have a guideline set in place, Melissa, I guess we should probably think about some of our short-term and long-term financial goals to kind of kickstart the budgeting here, right? That is right. You want to have some goals in mind of what you're working towards. So if you want to save uh, for a special vacation or if you want to save um, for long-term goals such as retirement. Um, so you want to have some some specific goals in place and there are some ways to set your goals. Have you heard of the SMART goals? I have definitely heard of that through my degree at BCNT. <laughs> I'm not paid for that advertisement, but uh, yeah. But do you want to elaborate for our listeners exactly what is SMART? Yeah. So when you set your goals, you want them to be SMART. And that is an acronym for a specific. So you want to know what needs to be accomplished, who's responsible for it, and what steps need to be taken in order for you to achieve that goal. You want it to be measurable. So there is an ability to track its progress, or else how do you know if you're on the right page? You want it to be achievable, so realistic, something that can be attained. Relevant, why are you setting this goal? What is the bigger picture that you're looking at? And time-bound, so you want to have a time frame surrounding each goal. Ah, so that makes kind of the goal setting a little bit easier if you keep those things in mind. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> so it's clear what I'm saying. As mud. And, and for you listeners here, now, it does seem like a lot here, but honestly, just choose a strategy that's realistic for your lifestyle. Um, there's no need to kind of just go all in into budgeting. You know, take things one step at a time and cut back your expenses one by one. And you really don't have to do all of this at once. It does sound like a lot, but if you ease into it, it will be a lot easier on your lifestyle. And all we've really talked about so far is setting up a guideline on how to spend your income when you receive it. Uh, so where to spend your money, where to save it. Um, and so when you are spending your money, Steph, do you have any tips and tricks that we can give to our listeners? Yeah, my 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 first <laughs> recommendation is kind of all, all, kind of an easy one. Um, 
stop buying your coffee at the coffee shop. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a big one, Steph. You know, I like my coffee. Yeah, I'm also a an offender of this. <laughs> I just bought my coffee earlier this morning. Um, but yeah, honestly, like $5 a day, $10 a day, whatever coffee you're buying, right? It, it, it adds up. It doesn't look like much now, but if you look at it over a span of, uh, let's say, a month, you're spending quite a bit of money on just coffee that you can probably make at home. Well, I think we're saving money by having that the frother in the office because I now make my lattes right in the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there you go right um i guess another tip is shop with coupons so check out the coupons by your local grocery store hold on i got a coupon for that and maybe centralize your grocery shopping around some of those sales now don't take my word exactly as it is because <laughs> just because something's on sale or has a coupon does not mean you have to buy it uh, just because you save money by buying it does not mean you save money. If you don't need it or use it, it's still money spent. Yeah, shopping with a list as well, or else those added coupon items just go on top of your, your shopping list. So it becomes a more an added expense. I don't know, Steph, if you've used the app Flip. I've never heard of this thing. So it is super handy to have on hand. So download this app. It's called Flip, F-L-I-P-P. You enter in your postal code and it gives you the current catalogs for any of the stores around you. You can also search for a specific store if you have one in mind. And then it gives you the coupons right there. You click on it and you can then circle the product that you're wanting. It creates a list for you. And if you want to shop online, if that's more your thing, It'll take you right to the online website as well. So gives you a shopping list. You can build your grocery list around these sales or you can shop online. I've actually never tried shopping online, but maybe I should give it a go, especially if I can have most of the prices up front right there. Yes, shopping, grocery shopping has now become quite popular on their online shopping. Hmm. Speaking of grocery shopping, you should... One thing you can also consider is buying generic foods. Now, surprisingly, a lot of no-name brands or grocery store brands like Kirkland are actually rebranded products from popular brands sold under a different name, but at a cheaper price. I've heard this. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so something cons to consider if you find that most of your pantry or whole household items are brand names. So we have President's Choice, No Name, Blue Label, um, and a bunch of other ones. You can also consider buying bulk as well. So if we have a bulk bar nearby, really helps on certain spices um, for your pantry. I do have a bunch of girlfriends that have switched their baby formula to the Kirkland brand because uh, it is a, a popular name brand that's just rebranded. Mm -hmm. And some of the generic uh, Tylenol and whatnot, you can actually buy at the... Uh, no name brand as well because it's just the formula. Cinnamon. Mm hmm <laughs> <laughs> And one last tip here you can kind of consider with grocery shopping is bringing a shopping list of ingredients. It'll keep you focused on task uh, while shopping. And also, you should probably avoid shopping on an empty stomach. <laughs> you are definitely more prone to impulse buying your cravings when shopping in that state. So to kind of reduce your expenses... Mm -hmm. Eat before you go. Stay out of the cookie. <laughs> That's it. Oh, yes. I'm rumbly and my tumbly. 
All right. Well, that's kind of all the time we have here today. I didn't quite budget enough time. <laughs> But I hope you're able to learn a couple neat tricks to reduce your spending. And maybe you'll implement some of these uh, real soon. Uh, let us know what you think about today's episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts and know if any of these tips are helpful. You can reach us at clearwealthmd.ca or email us at thefinancialprescriptionpc at gmail.com. <laughs>